Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And there's a pep in my step because we've got footy tomorrow, Corey. But before we have a look at what the hell we are going to do with our teams, where can the listeners hit us up on social media, mate? Find us on Twitter and Patreon at Supercoach Elite, uh, at SC Elite, and find us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elite. Um, I'm glad you're super excited, Bomb. So it's been, oh, what a rough, kind of two weeks, would you say now? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't I know. Think two since we've probably been taking it seriously. Three months, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, we're getting footy. We're not getting footy. What's going on? AFL finally come out tonight and said round one's going to go ahead. Um, the aim to, what, finish four games. They're not too sure what they're doing yet, whether they're going to jam-pack in um, games over the next couple of weeks, like we were talking about on the other pod, or, um, you know, will we play the one and done, or... Um, you know, we know the moment if someone gets uh, the virus, COVID-19, that um, there'll definitely be no football for a little while. But look, we've got it. It's here. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. Don't want to jinx anything once because we've still got, what, uh, 22 hours? About right? 22 hours, 11 minutes and 17 seconds. Beautiful from that time of recording. Um, but a lot's changed. The rules have changed a little bit. We've got, what, 17, 17 rounds this year. We'll have no buy rounds. 16-minute um, quarters we're playing. Um, we've got the 30 trades still, which is very interesting. So that's going to get a large topic of conversation today. Um, but the one game before a price rise. So they'll play one, you get to look at them, then you've got to decide whether you jump on them before the price rise. That's going to be a little bit interesting. Let's go with that first, Bombs. How do you think that's going to impact the year? Well, it shouldn't impact the year. It just means we'll be able to do the downgrades in a more sort of timely fashion. Um, but, you know, that also may mean that, you know, players may uh, may not reach their full potential before uh, we see them again. Yeah, and that dreaded curse of, you know, he's played one. Oh, he didn't go too great. They'll give him the second game. Oh, he either popped off and he didn't jump on him or he doesn't mm-hmm. pop off and he's dropped the week after. But... Mm-hmm. Probably the beautiful thing. I mean, I don't know if too many people have put two and two together, but if you didn't trade in the first two rounds, uh, you're getting a trade every round. Oh, you're getting two trades every round for the rest of the year. Yep, and uh, that'll probably mean we can take a few more risks now. I think with our team, um, and yeah, I mean, I know that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, was that your initial thought? Just go grab a couple more mid prices. Well, not a couple more, but I thought I'll just grab probably one more, one more mid-pricer and, and shore up something uh, that I didn't like too much. So that's what I've currently done. With the shorter game time, uh, who were your initial couple of players? I know, I know we've been talking about it off air, but who were the initial couple of players that first came to your head? Well, Nick Nat, And, you know, we, we probably spoke in depth about, you know, the potential that had for him on the last podcast earlier this week, only a couple of days ago. So we've been quite active this week. And look, you know, he plays 65% game time. Usually 65% game time means 70 minutes. But all of a sudden, if he just continues to play 70 minutes, Corey, and, um, you know, there's only 100 minutes of football, then we're looking at him playing 70% game time. And uh, we're looking at an increased uh, sort of scaling system here now, I think, with, uh, with Nick Nat. So players that now... I don't know if anyone's got the time to do anything like this. 
But wouldn't it be interesting to if someone out there was able to compile some sort of list of play, players' points up until the 16 uh, sort of minute plus time on in a, in a regular game and just work out, well, gee, what the players average in those first kind of part of the quarters compared to the back end there and just put together a spreadsheet because maybe we've got players that die off uh, late in quarters all the time and all of a sudden they might be relevant, but I don't think we're going to have those stats with us. Uh, yeah, Nick, that was definitely one that I was kind of like really cheat up about him. It would take quite a statistician to go and find all that too. So it would be incredible. Um, Nick Nat, straight away, we talked about it the other day that if we got reduced minutes, he would just become so viable um, as that impact point per minute player. The other one that I thought of initially too is it's probably not great for key forwards who tend to need a little bit more time on ground most times to get more points. Um, the scaling could work if they managed to bag, you know, four or five rather than, you know, your ones and twos. But, um, and the other one that I really liked is your accumulators. I think, yeah, McRae's and um, Lockie Neals and things like that. I think it's going to work really well for them. And also those more polished players as well. Um, Josh Kelly, who just hits targets there. They're going to look at favorably scaling their um, accuracy. Um, and then also, you brought this up, Bonf, but your burst players too. Like, how does it affect a player like Petrarca? Um, you know, Andy McGrath, who doesn't really have the tank, or Darcy Parrish to run out a whole game in the midfield, but are they going to spend more minutes in the midfield now? How will it, you know, impact your, your tacklers and things like that too? So there's so many variables we've got to ask. Um, oh, do you want to go into the Petrarca talk? Because you gave me a couple of good points off air. Look, all I pretty much said to, to Corey here off air was that um, Petrarca now... We absolutely hate this guy, don't we? Yeah. Now, I think, and and neither will I, but I think the interesting thing with him is if we, I was just putting this in the context of our Dev Smith, uh, Devin Smith, Smith, why do I keep saying Smith? Devin Smith bet with, um, with the other page. Look, all I said to Corey was this. For someone like Petrarca, who doesn't have the tank to play the midfield, Okay, you know, in one game, let alone a full season. So all of a sudden, he's got to play five less games in the midfield. All of a sudden, he's got to play, you know, a fifth less actual game time on any sort of given game day. And being a burst player, typically, does this mean that he all of a sudden may seem relevant for longer during a game? And if that's the case and he's able to impact the game, does he then go on to get some of those scaling points and all of a sudden become a relevant super coach pick? And time will tell. I still think not. <laughs> I still think not purely because I'm just so anti-Petrarca. So I'm going to, you know, just run with my Devin Smith still at the moment and plus the fact that Petrarca's 100k more. But I think Petrarca's chances of finishing top six with this new fixture news has, has probably increased. Yeah, by about 5%. Um, <laughs> are we thinking too much about this reduced minutes? Yep, probably. Yep. Because is there a chance that maybe that we already hit the 3,300 threshold quite early in games nah. and that we scale down a little bit? Nah. No. No, normally. Normally. Not now. Nah. Normally. No. Nah. No. Nah. Nah, no chance. Because, you know me, I monitor, you know, play by play and how many points are distributed and all the rest of it. And they seem to get to around a quarter time limit of points allocated. They seem to get around about a half time um, sort of points allocated as well. And so, for me, that sort of stuff will just continue. So, I think quarter by quarter, you're going to get just an even distribution of points. So there may be less game time, but we're just going to see a lot of those similar scores happening. It's just going to mean that 
the statistics against the score are always just going to look a little bit more skewed towards the score this this season. So the bot bias is legit going to look even more biased. Yeah, and the Nick Nat bias could look 20% more biased. Yeah, so like, you reckon quarter by quarter we're still going to see roughly the same score, so not so much that you yeah. play out the game and then have a large inflation Correct. at the end? Yep. Correct, yep. Oh, this is uh, this is super interesting. This is crazy. So the inflation will happen. The inflation will happen naturally, kind of throughout the the quarters. That's what that's what I believe. And look for players like Nick Nat. I'm fair, and you know anyone listen to the program? You know early in the season. No, I'll never pick Nick Nat. No, he's injury prone. Yes, he'll probably average about a hundred. No, I'm not going anywhere near him. But all of a sudden, we've got two virtually two trades a week. And I think we're going to get a lot more um, allocated points through um, through just scaling and all the rest of it. And so for me, that says, okay, Nick Nat's earning more points. And if there's an injury, I've got more trades to actually be able to deal with it now. Um, or what feels like more trades. I don't actually have more trades. What yep. feels like more trades. Which is going to relate in every line. So you can take the risk on Brayshaw. Um, I mean, I'm taking the risk on Segler now simply because, well, I've got Nick Nat, I need some cover, and we'll, look, we'll talk about that. Because I think, although we had a, a big ruck discussion the other day, I think we're going to go back to the ruck line and have a little bit of a chat again. Um, we'll almost go line by line, um, chat about some players in our teams as well, how you think it's going to impact them, anyone else, kind of in the lines that you started to have a look at now. Um, as far as fixtures, should we be having a look at teams, players now that have good early fixture runs? So no, player don't has even bother. Good couple of fixtures early, just because we've got those trades at the sleeve, jump on someone who's historically been well, or is it 2020, just ignore it? No, you don't have the luxury to sideways players um, for fixture, fixture gate. And I'll tell you why, because 30 trades on any given season, particularly the last few seasons, has barely been enough to make sure we've got ourselves a full premium team and, you know, in some cases, you know, barely enough um, just to make sure we've got playing players every week. Like, for instance, I think where you're going to kind of see the benefit, Corey, is, you know, if we bring the Josh Kelly example where he was out for eight weeks or whatever it was and you ended up holding him through that whole time, if that happened in a season like this, you probably would have pulled the trigger early because you've got two trades a week and in seasons gone by, you may not have necessarily used the trade. However, it's there to be used, so you may have sideways kind of that one there. You ain't got the time to sideways every Tom, Dick and Harry in your team. You still need to have your premiums. You still need to have players that you think are going to play a lot of games in the year because what that will do is it will prevent you from doing all the sideways and it will enable you to use those trades towards upgrading positions. How vital is it going to be? Is it going to be harder or easier to be smarter with trades this year, you reckon? Do Sorry, let me reword that question. Do you need to be smarter with how you're going to move your cash cows on a season like this, or do you believe in previous years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's more tricky? What's what's harder? Yeah, I this think it's the same. Cows? You think it's the same? I think it's the same because you're looking at you bring <laughs> you bring players, you trade your rookies out when they've peaked, and you bring rookies in when they're about to get onto their second game, obviously as opposed to their third game. The goal is to get as close to or a full premium team as possible. So you might have 30 trades in the year. And what I'm saying is that players that may have had a two-week layoff, a three-week layoff because of a hammy, in seasons gone past, you may have held them. And the reason you may have held them is because you just felt at some point, you know, you wanted to save your trades for finals or whatnot. 
The reality is this time around, you might be able to sideways that and you'll have your trades there for finals because we've only got a 17-game season. I don't think anyone's trading after the, the first week of football purely because why I, would you? There's been I, no price changes. I reckon there will be plenty of people who do. There will be plenty. Our advice will be not to. And then so we've got 16 rounds left with 30 trades. It's, we're playing at two trades a week. Yeah. Um, uh, are we alarmed? Because it's such a tough season, okay? So, at the moment, what are they planning? To have the four and then have a bit of a break? Um, as kind No, of- so I think what's planned at the moment, and I don't even think this will end up being what happens, by the way, for the first four weeks will be as per usual. So, yeah, one yeah. round per weekend, and then I think the AFL may even ramp it up from that point. I think they've got that wrong. I think they should be ramping up now whilst there's enough kind of, you know, the diseases and sort of that prevalent in the community and all the rest of it. Because I think in six weeks the world's going to be fucked, Corey, yeah. and we're going to have an ex- and we're going to have an extended layoff at that point. Um, yeah, I reckon we'll probably get through one weekend and then we might be done. But at least we get some football. Um, good study time. Look, who knows? Let's not try and predict the future. Are you worried that what happens if we pick these rookies? And then we have the extended break, and then we come back, and the rookies we picked aren't there, or is it just you well, to fix it up? If that happens, that's some stiff shit. But I would suggest that you know teams going into round one are likely to to be you know what clubs view as the best twenty two, and so you know providing they've got a healthy list. So you know you may just need to have a look at you know who's healthy, not healthy. So you know Collingwood going into round one, for instance, Corey. You know that Trelaw's not there. You know Adams. You know under a bit of an injury cloud, but he'll probably line up. Um, you know, you, you Tyler Brown's been named. Um, so you have a look at him and think, hmm. Now come round two, is he likely to be there? You know, who's coming in? Or sorry, who's going out for Trelaw? It might be this Tyler Brown fella. But if we are that strapped for rookies and there's no one else being selected and he has to be your M10, then you select him. And if he gets dropped, well, you know what? So be it. Um, more exciting news to follow tomorrow and especially when uh, we will definitely be on chat at some stage I'll be on during the day tomorrow night we'll have uh, members in our Patreon live podcast stream because that's where all our live videos are going to be now they're going to be in our Patreon so um, feel free to jump in there and and we'll be talking and discussing of what we're doing with our teams moving into the start. Um, I know after this, I've already arranged to do a couple of one-on-ones and have a chat with a couple of our members about where their team's at. But so far, what have we got now? Tyler Brown, uh, Sturt, you said? Was that yep, Sam yep. Sturt, yep. Um, um, Robertson. Robertson from Brisbane. we got yep. Tommy Green. Yep. Uh, we Matty already Rowe. know Matty Rowell. Is Buderick and Rankin? They confirmed that last week, didn't they, for us? Uh, not um, Rankin. Buderick and Anderson was. Yeah, and Anderson. I think they did say that Rankin will, will play. Round I think one. they said Rankin would play round one, but he wasn't named as like yeah. kind of like a debutant, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, is that all we've got at this period no, of time? Marlon Pickett. Oh, Marlon Pickett. Yep. Tomorrow night. How can yep. I he's been confirmed. You know, he's won a premiership medal, so. Yep. <laughs> so those looking at Tom Williamson, he was named as an emergency, as I kind of thought would be the case kind of throughout the whole preseason. So he didn't make the the team for Carlton, so you can scratch him off your list. Yep. So we've got a couple. We'll have a lot more coming tomorrow and, you know, exciting times. You know what? You know what's key? Of all the players we just named, we've been given six midfielders already. I was concerned about the midfield, but we've got six midfield rookies. Two of them obviously a bit more expensive, 207 for our, 166 for green. 
but all four of the others, 123 are under. That's fantastic. It's defence now that I'm worried about. The other great news, too, is you've got your three on-field rookies sorted. Matty Rowe, yep. Tom Green, and Marlon Pickett. Yep. 100%. I, I, I can't remember another year where you've had like a good three, like a real solid three like that just given to you from round one. Yep. Yep. Now, which is good. Um, yeah. I'm encouraging people as well. I know, I know Buderick's a mid-forward, but I would love to see Buderick start on field in the forward line come the first week. Him and Taylor, I would love to see in the forward line. Over Rankin. Yeah, Rankin. Um, you know, Rankin, King, Georgiades, Sturt. Um, who's the other one from, is it Davis, whatever it is, from Adelaide? I'm expecting them, all like five or six of them, to go like 40, 50 max. I think Buderick could be the guy that goes 60 or 65 See, with I reckon, Taylor. I reckon Isaac Rankin might be, do a couple of more exciting things out the field as well. He might do exciting things, Corey. It doesn't mean it necessarily translate to super oh, coach in points. in a scaling environment, it does. <laughs> he's a forward pocket player. Let's not forget that. Yeah, he's a gun. Um, no, look, I don't hate, hate it at all. Um, Taylor will definitely be. You reckon Josh Marnie gets in there too? Yeah, so that would be my ideal situation. Marnie gets named. I can have him um, as my mid-forward because I, I spoke the other day how I want some flexibility and then it will enable me to select Buderick in the forward line, which I'm looking forward forward to doing. Yep, that was all just a little bit of fun there. Um, do you want to go through line by line kind of have a bit of a chat with, with the current format? Who kind of excites you from your current team and... Because um, I think Rory Laird really becomes, we talked about it last week, a must-have. I think he's almost, you got to definitely lock him in now. Um, yeah, I don't know if it actually changes kind of anything, to be honest. Cool. I like um, anyone who can get that ball a lot of the time, especially in my back line. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, he was going to do that regardless of the, you know, sort of minutes um, that the players would be playing out in the field. So... For me, Rory Led, uh, particularly over the last three or four weeks, just become an absolute non-negotiable for myself. You know what else has done for me too? Like, I've got Sicily, we'll talk about this in a minute, but that Dan Houston radar is just really ticking in my head again. Yeah. Yeah. You'll yeah. get midfield time, and, you know, we spoke earlier, players that might benefit from this. We're looking at players that might be entering the midfield for the first time in their career, potentially. So players like Houston, Brayshaw, Petrarca, I think they all become a little bit more relevant because they don't necessarily have the tank to get through, you know, what, what might have been a full season and a full game, but now they only have to play 80% essentially of what regular game time was and only 17 games in a year. So I think they all become relevant in terms of their ability to, to run out games. It was the first time I considered not having Sicily and then I just remembered, you know, a little bit less game time, probably more points for an intercept mark and then a kick out, you know, rebound and kick outside 50. So... Probably still stays number one. Got nothing to stress about. Mm. I'm worried about Robert at all. No. Nah. With the health scare and everything with the heart. And... I think I, I had a moment the other day, but at 260k, I refuse to be scared about it. I mean, if he was 354,000, I'd be half contemplating whether I was starting, but at 260, you can't turn that up. You got the double trade, so you might as well just flick it off. Side yeah. Person. Um,. Anyone else in the back line caught your fancy? So, I mean, there's obviously Houston, Doherty. I'll just tell you my back line at the moment because my whole back line's got my fancy. We actually, we might as well go through it. I mean, this is subject to change as soon as this podcast finishes, especially with Bonfire during the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say during the podcast. And then you'll just make that trade. So at the moment, I've got Laird, Houston, Doherty, Robert and Zerk, Thatcher and Brander 
However, I am looking at a way to make Noble um, my kind of last defender, or second last defender in this team. Yeah, so I've got Laird, Sisley, Dockers, Robin and Zerk Thatcher and Brander as well. And then bench subject to change. Yep. Um, head across to the midfield. Uh, look, I think that McRae and Lockie Neal, I don't, again, I don't know how much I'm buying into this and I don't know how much that I'm scared of buying into the kick-in rule last year is making me underthink or overthink what's going on with uh, the 16-minute rule. But the first initial thought I had for the midfield was like players like McRae, Neil, Titch, players who just get a lot of the ball in a really short space of time. Are they going to influx more? Or is it? should we be looking at not instead of McRae, but is it going to be the Bonts and the Kellys that are going to, you know, those line breakers who just hit targets from 45, 50 out um, on the run and can go inside and kick goals? Um, or is it, your, you know, your mid-forwards in Dangerfield and Fife who aren't going to go to the bench and when they rest are going to spend, you know, a couple of minutes up forward and they kick a snag? Who's it really going to benefit, Bombs? If you had to pick one. Yeah, so for me, it's got to, all got to do with scoring chains. So... We've got less game time this year, so therefore goals are at more of a premium. And I think with that being the case, um, involvement in score chains and score assists, uh, I think, should be weighted more than, you know, a, you know, a handball here or a kick mark there. So in my opinion, players that get involved in chains that lead to scores um, should see benefit benefit of a super coach this season. Is that more like your bought to Pallies and Kelly's? I think so. And look... I said to you off air, Kelly made his way into my team and I pissed Lockie Neal off because, you know, the one thing I'd said all pre-season was I wasn't concerned about what Josh Kelly was going to average and I said it, you know, a week ago, whatever it was in the podcast, he'd be the number one averaging midfielder. I was concerned about how many games he was going to get through. Now, all of a sudden, if we've got um, Josh Kelly, you know, going through periods of the year where the AFL might be suspended for two weeks at a time, whatever it is, gives him a real chance to kind of freshen up his body and get another go at it, which means potentially not only does he not get injured, but he might even play the full season. I think what else it does is in the event that he does get injured, we've essentially got two trades a week. So for me, it's an easy kind of sideways trade. Was that lucky you said that you moved for Kelly? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, you don't understand how much I'm considering the bond now, especially off that, that I think, that pre-season game, and I'm not buying it too much into pre-season high, but everything that went forward was off his boot, like, turning around, yeah. finding handballs. And... He was unopposed the whole game. Let's not forget that. Yeah, no, it's a pre-season game. Um, Paddy Cripps, how do you think he's going to go? Well, so I think there's not going to be much difference with him, and I think this benefits him, as weird as that sounds. I just spoke about how, you know, teams and clubs and the AFL as a whole might have a couple of weeks off at a time. I'll tell you now, if he's playing full midfield minutes, Corey, a week off here or there um, might just do wonders for his body in season. Do you think we're going to get some players rested early? Or you think the first four nope. weeks as they plan no it to be, you think that they'll just kick through and then maybe when we have to deal with it, that's when... No chance. I mean, they will know. I mean, if clubs would be naive and stupid to think at some point the AFL is not getting shut down for close to a month. I think that's the reality of the world we're living in. And so they will just, you know, the, the, the guys will just kind of be sitting there, the performance guys, whatever you want to call them, um, and they'll be monitoring minutes and all the rest of it. But they'll also just say, look, you know what? We know. We just know that the game's going to be shut down two, three, four weeks, whatever it is. And when it happens, fuck, let's just pump the brakes, give them some time off, and they'll have the opportunity to recoup there. 
the double-edged sword of points increased, are we going to have a problem with a decrease in points? Are we going to see players lose a little bit more points for making errors, or you think it's going to be roughly the same? You know, players that are going at really poor um, percentage by foot, are they going to get scaled back a little bit, and those that are kind of a little bit more impactful scaled up as well, or you think that everyone might get a little piece of the pie? Well, A, we don't know what's going on um, in terms of, um, you know, because the prospectus, you can read that all you want, but it, it won't tell you, um, you know, how how this is all going to be affected. But my initial reaction is people will look into this way too much. People will give it way too much consideration. My belief is points will remain the same. I mean, the points will remain the same because the total amount of points allocated in the game is going to be the same as last year. So there's still 3,300 points up for grabs, right? If you've had 27 touches in, you know, a game this year, that would probably just equate to 32 touches uh, in a game last year. So you're probably just going to get the same amount of points as you would have for your 27-touch game this year as you would have for your 32-touch game last year. So like I said earlier, you're going to see um, – Lower kind of statistics on the day, but you're still going to see the same kind of averages, I think, from the players because their overall impact on the game will probably be of similar kind of value. I think where things kind of differentiate is when people actually have a higher time on ground, which is why I'm of a very firm opinion on Nick Natanui around his average potential increase because his time on ground statistic actually changes significantly. When you look at time on ground for your other players, your McRae, your Cripps, your Callies, all the rest of them, they're probably just going to be playing at 90%, which is what they've done last year anyway. Yeah, and just the same little burst patches to rest. Um, so, all right, Pencil, Clayton, Oliver in for another 110 this year is basically what you're saying. I, I don't, yeah, I don't see the averages changing. I mean, the only way Clayton Oliver's, you know, doesn't get that 110 average is if that there's a lot of players around him taking midfield minutes away from him. As long as he's playing the exact same role, you know, similar midfield minutes, he's getting, you know, same amount of sort of points per minute. That might be a good way to look at this score, you know, points per minute. Um, and then that kind of stuff just gets scaled then to, you know, get, get adjusted. So if you're looking at, you know, 10 players on 50 points and, you know, I don't know, three players on 30 points, those 10 players at the end of the game might go to 55, from 50 to 55, and, you know, the guys on 30 might go from 30 to 33 kind of thing. Good old Nick Nate on the PPM scale. Um, anyone else in the midfield kind of caught your eye that was a little bit cheaper that you hadn't thought about before, that, or is it just, just the same? Well, I think Fife and Kelly now become... Incredibly relevant. I mean, you, and I said it consistently through the preseason, but I'm open to change. Um, I was I wasn't going to go anywhere near him because the game's played, but I think that's less relevant now. However, we don't want to have a team that is totally injury depend, you know, injury uh, prone and all the rest of it. Because what does that mean? We're going to be stuck doing a lot of sideways trades throughout the year, and you know, at some point, we want to be doing upgrades instead of just continual sideways, don't we? Yep. No, you're not wrong there. Not wrong there at all. Um, let's go up forward. I mean, up forward. Let's go to the ruck. Now, me and you have been huge advocators on the Gordon Grundy. I had that little stint earlier on. Um, went straight back to Gordon Grundy. Not so much 24 hours time, maybe 48 hours time. Are we likely to end up with Gordon Grundy again? Or are you thinking that this Nick Nat Nui thing, just a point per minute, is just way too much value to miss out on? Yep, I think I'm going to end up with Nick Natanui. And I hate saying it 
because Gorn is going to be the second highest averaging player on the season. And if I could get rid of any other player um, to actually bring in um, Nick Natanui, then I then I would. However, Nick Natanui is not available as a forward, midfielder, or defender. It's a really kind of shit feeling. I hate the fact that I'm not going to run Gorn, but I don't see how I have such a balanced team um, and I'm able to hold on to Max Gorn. And that's the thing. It's just about... So my theory about all this is we both play for league. So how do we get the most out of our team in a format where we've just lost, what, five rounds? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm big. I mean, I don't know how well everyone knows how I play my super coach, but I've always been big on you go the guns and rookies, I'll start off slow, I might, you know, win two out of the first five, so I'll be two and three. But, you know, come my second, third upgrade, that's when I'm going to spike. I think in this format with league, especially how competitive our leagues are now, I think the, the approach is now I've got to get wins early. I can't fall three or four um, games behind because it's too hard. There's not enough games in the season to catch up. So for me, I think the viable thing is let's go for wins early. Have you still penciled in, Nick Nat? I mean, that Nick Nat will become gone? Yeah, I think at some point Nick Nat will become gone. I, I don't see how I finish the year unless Nick Nat's out averaging gone, to be honest. I just don't see how that happens, though. Yeah. Um, in which I don't have, um, yeah, gone in. in in the back end. So I'm, I'm thinking of it this way and, and I'll let people in and what goes on in me fucking crazy little mind here, Corey. I'm looking at Nick Natanui and Dan Houston versus, you know, Max, essentially Max Gorn and a rookie defender. Now I think what I'm getting from Gorn and a rookie defender for points early in the season is actually lower than Houston and Natanui. But what I also think is that, I'm not going to be burning any more trades by actually doing this. And the reason for that is the fact I consider Houston to be a top six defender. So I'm getting one of those in, but I'm losing a top two ruck. So I've got one guy that I'm not going to be trading out. Yeah. If I had Gorn and the rookie, I consider Gorn to be a top two ruck, but the rookie that I have, obviously not a top six defender. So I've got one keeper in that as well. So the way I look at it is I've got one keeper either way but I'm getting more early season points through Nick Natanui and Dan Houston. Yep, which is exactly my theory as well. You, you've got to go for those early season wins, I think. What about for league? I mean, for overall players, is it the same boat? you just got to go harder early? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I don't pay much attention to, to overall, Corey. You know that. Um, but I would, I would have thought that, you know, this kind of strategy would be how overall players would tend to play. Um, you know, and you just have to virtually nail every single pick as an overall player, don't you? As well, look, I guess if you if you play for overall, you're probably winning your league anyway, because you've probably got you know a fair few um, early season wins on the cards and all like the rest of it. At least making finals, you don't always win it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and then that's the other flip side of the token. Really, we get two trades per per round, so that risk factor that was Nick Nat Nui is kind of lowered. What happens if he goes down early? What ha- Where do we go? Is it just Jacobs? Sam Jacobs. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, you put any thought into someone like Jacobs or anything yep. now? Yeah. Yep. I'll tell you now, if we do not get, and I'm anticipating this to actually happen, Corey, if we don't get enough rookie defenders, sub 130,000, let's say, and we're caught short in the back line, 
and Noble is certainly named on Friday night, I will look very deeply into going Nick Nat down to Jacobs and then uh, using that money to bring Noble in. I would even potentially consider going Nick Nat all the way down to Sam Naismith and then getting Luke Jackson on my bench as well as just another kind of rookie um, sort of cash cow option. Did you Do you have a backup plan for Nick Nat or is it just use a trade? If it's Nick Nat, I'd use a trade and I'd, you know, get Jacobs or Naismith or, or one of those coins. Um, and, that's, and that's where this blows up in your face because you know how I said earlier – you know, there's no real downside to doing this because I'm getting early season points and getting the same amount of keepers. Yeah. What I'm potentially losing, though, in an injury is a trade because I'd be trading down to Jacobs just to be trading Jacobs up to someone later on. And then so that's two trades instead of the one. Yeah. yeah. So that's potentially what I'm losing in starting Nick Nat. But again, we're looking at a season, Corey, where we've got Nick Nat potentially for a few games to start with. And then given, you know, I think what everyone's kind of, you know, become, um, you know, uh, not agreed to, but I think they've accepted is the fact that, you know, the football world will be shut down for two, three, four weeks. Now, you said before, you know, what's that? Who's that two, three, four weeks going to benefit? Should it get shut down? It'll benefit players like Josh Kelly, who wouldn't mind giving the body a rest. Paddy Cripps, who'd be able to freshen up. It's certainly going to benefit a player like Nick Nadanui too. Are you not worried about if they we get to the stage where they implement, all right, every, the world's still a little bit okay, let's go and put, uh, you know, four games over a three-week period or a two-week period. Are you not worried then that you don't have a Nick Nui plan? Look, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah. But or like are you happy to take the donut for the week? Or we, We've got two trades virtually a week, though, don't yeah. we? So, um, you know, one of my options before, and I think this is what's going to happen because we're going to be a bit trapped in defence, I think, is the only way I don't see myself running Nick Nat is with the short defence, which I think is going to happen. And in that case, I'll go down to, you know, potentially a Naismith, get Jackson on my bench, and then use that money to potentially upgrade one or two of these rookie defenders to a couple more expensive guys who are playing, like maybe a McCasey from Adelaide, like a Noble from Collingwood. The hardest part about doing this podcast as well is we've had, what, an hour of data, and it's not even very accurate data either. Yeah. <laughs> like, the uh, AFL left it late, so we are we are kind of just spitballing ideas as we speak too, because um, for me, I've got Grundy, Nick Nat, and I've got Darcy Cameron. Darcy Cameron's going to cover Grundy if Grundy's out, Cameron comes up, but you know I've got Sigler up forward too, so I've got that Cameron yeah. switch going on as well. So. And that's another option for people is running Sigler. I mean, only, the only way in which I can encourage people to run Segler, though, Corey, is if you think he's top, top six. six. Which I think I, I actually think he is top six. Well, then in that case, he serves multiple purposes, doesn't he? Yeah. So uh, all the, you got everyone that's you know aiming it on Brayshaw. I think Segler's going to out-average Brayshaw with ease this year. I think Ruckman are going to have a good time when it comes to uh, this scaling. Hmm. Yeah. They're also going to attend... Um, less kind of opportunities to have hit-outs as well. Because uh, less goals. Well, less goals, but also less time on field. So they're missing four minutes um, plus time on in those four minutes there. Of So it could have been six or seven minutes of you know time on ground um, to actually, uh, you know, have hit-outs around the ground, um, you know, have you know, hit-outs to advantage, get clearances, put on blocks, 
get a bit of contested work done. So they actually miss out a fair bit, I think, here, Ruckman. But you'll probably get those inflated points for when they are doing that. On yeah, the, yeah, on that that's that's the that's the that's the counter side to it all, which is why I think we're not going to see, you know. So people think, oh, you know, scaling this, scaling that. Points are going to change. People aren't going to drop a huge amount of points. Yeah, it's funny now yeah. that we're sitting here talking about that because, you know, that's the first time that we've kind of raised that almost the the counter negative. Um, you know, we've talked so much about the inflation of points, but. Doesn't that help so much? Players like Grundy and Nick Nat, who are almost capable of running out almost four quarters of football now at 16-minute game time. Yeah, I mean, with that grand think... final, Grundy didn't come off in the second half. Like, they could... I don't know. Yeah, that's not going to happen, though, because I run a risk of breaking down the players. Yeah, I know. But I think if anyone's going to spend more time on ground in the rucks, it's going to be Grundy and Gorn. I just think Ruckman now, as sole Ruckman, they only have one break in a quarter as opposed to maybe two. Yeah. Um, and so the rest of the time is purely Ruck. So, say the funny instance, thing with Gorn and Grundy, though, is they don't, their breaks aren't off the ground. They're like your elite midfielders. Their breaks aren't off the ground. They have time off the ground, Corey. They don't no, play 100% breaks, game time. Their breaks are behind the ball and you know, <laughs> up, in the, up forward. And... Yeah. And you know what? Maybe that's a worry with Gorn because... You know, you think about Gorn and you think about well, where does he actually get a fair bit of his points? We know hit outs, but we know he loves a contested mark behind the plate. And now you think about it like this. If there's less game time and potentially some of Gorn's rest was used behind the ball, well, maybe Gorn doesn't need to be rested behind the ball now because if he's got a 23-minute quarter, you know, maybe he plays 10 minutes flat out in the ruck. He has a two- or three-minute break on the pine, and then he has another 10-minute go in the ruck. And so because he's purely in the ruck, maybe he doesn't get to get behind the ball and get those intercept marks. Yep. Or maybe he just doesn't go off the ground and his breaks on behind the ball. Uh, just behind the ball. 100% time on ground. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you think about that, and, you know, I've, I think I've almost just talked myself out of Gorn, like not to start Gorn by saying that, but, I mean, that, that could be a reality. And, look, clubs aren't even going to know how they navigate this. There's no way for us knowing how clubs are kind of going to navigate, um, you know, this new kind of system, this new, you know, time on field and how they're going to give rest to players and all the rest of it because we've never seen this before and we will probably never see it again. So everything we learn this year is essentially going to go out the window, isn't it? 100%. But this is a time to think on your feet. This is, you know, it's it's unprecedented, and we are going to learn as we go. And <coughs> you know, we'll, we'll just kind of we'll learn from our own mistakes, and hopefully, we can get to the point where you know we and you know the, the blokes out there that sort of take on our advice and all the rest of it will be able to you know sort of get deep in their finals and hopefully target a flag this year. Well, the funny thing is too, this is all just it's made up on the fly. So hypothetically, they come out with a cure to bloody freaking COVID-19 in a month's time and we could be back to regular scheduling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be a dream? I know. Oh, back to 20-minute games instead of... Imagine, <laughs> score, imagine if scoring's up. Imagine this was the key to getting scoring up and players kicking 100 goals. 16-minute <laughs> minute games, yeah. No one's tired. Yeah. I, um, I love the idea of 17 games, so I think this should stay permanently. Nah, nah. Keep it. Give me 34. That's start, way too long, bro. Start the season in January and get me through with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that if they start to bring more teams into the AFL over the next couple of years, you may see everyone play each other once. Yeah, because they might be able to get up to the, you know, well, they'd have to bring in how many teams to get that done? Probably another four to six. Oh, maybe another two. What's that? Will that give us, what, 19 games? I reckon they'd be happy with 19. 
Yeah, so split the middle. 20 team comp. Mm. Yeah, Tazzy and Essendon's Magoos. <laughs> um, up forward, Lockie Whitfield. Now, it's been a lot, his name's been thrown up everywhere. Is it just the fact that people are looking at getting rid of him because they want an excuse to bring in more two mid prices and that gets two? Or is there a worry? Because, mate, there's no way I'm going to the season without Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you. There's no way I'll run in without Lockie Whitfield. And, um, you know, we might get close to 115 average. If not, we might even get even more than that. And, um, you know, again, someone whose game is played traditionally has not been high. So I just wonder, does he benefit? I just feel like I'm saying this about so many GWS players. This season is almost set up for GWS just to nab that flag that they're after, I reckon. Because they always play good football up to about 22 and they're just polish. <laughs> um, Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Dusty? Oh, not Name, Named a full forward. Yep. Now, what else did you expect? Yeah, nothing much more. Yeah. So, is what it is, Corey, mate. It is what it is. Um, I mean, you have to start the year with Dusty. We, I mean, we haven't had concerns around him around 22 games and all the rest of it. Um and, you know, you look at this and you just think, I know I spoke in the Richmond podcast about his kind of slow starts to the year, but I think, you know, you've got a guaranteed top six, you've got a guaranteed 17 games, not 22. Um, and I just think you, you pick it. You're not breaking the bank to get him, let's face it. He's only 540. You, you pick him and you just leave him there. Uh, how do you feel about the middies now? How many middies? Is too many middies? What are you looking I'm, at? I'm still the same. Still only two. Yeah. Still only two middies. And... Gee, it's a fucking shame about Jack Stephen, Corey, isn't it? Um, These are reckons he's old, dude. You know what? Oh, I'm half contemplating it. I do have to say that because, well... No, are, you not better, was, are you not better to just use the trade? Well, leagues, leagues start in round one this year, don't they? I don't know. Is that being confirmed? I believe so. Leagues start in round one and finals are rounds 14 to 17. That's my understanding. As, I, as I've speaking. never seen where leagues start, but I, to be fair, I didn't really go searching for it. I'll tell you now, if leagues start in round three and we're running 18-man comps and finals start at round 14, it leaves us about 10 games. I mean, yeah, no, they'll start from round one. They have to start at round one. Um, which is interesting because how the fuck do they do the fixture? Because usually they have a couple of weeks data to work out fixture for leagues. Maybe we're only going to have... Maybe games will start round two. If price changes start round two, maybe games will start round two. Uh, yeah, that actually sounds probably that, reasonable. That might actually sound a little bit sensical. Yeah. Um, if games start round two, I'm happy to actually run Jack Stephen in round one because, you know, I don't give a fuck about the overall. Um, otherwise, I'm turning big time to Andrew Brayshaw. Are you not worried about Brayshaw? Yeah. I mean, I think it's... Fucking stupid, but who else am I going to pick? I don't. It's just a dartboard throw. You get it right from the get go. You get it yep. wrong. You've got 24, 20, yep. 30 trades. You I've got enough get... trades. That's right. I've got enough trades to deal with it. If it's wrong, if he averages 90, then he might be one of my last ones kind of upgraded. Um, shorter midfield time for someone who's never played full time midfield. Oh, sorry, shorter game time will help someone who's never played midfield before. His preseason, he was absolutely fantastic. I thought he looked a lot better than Chera. Um, if there's one guy from Frio, um, I think it's got to be Andrew Brayshaw. Is it not the concern that the Brayshaw boys can't keep the freaking football? 
Yep, so be it. But he only needs to average 100, not 120. And, and that's probably been the limitations. We've seen, you know, his brother average about 100 and come second in the Brownlow without kicking the football. We've seen Brad Crouch average 100 without being able to kick the football. So, you know, as long as he's getting enough possessions, getting enough tackles, why can't we see him go close to 100? Um, probably his age <laughs> being the main factor, you know, but I just feel that, I've got to take a risk on someone. I can't afford Segler like you can. Yep. I can't, you know, necessarily start with Jack Stephen. I don't really like anyone else around the price. So, so be it. But, look, if Natanui, he goes down to Naismith and I get Jackson on my bench and I can bring Noble in, potentially that frees up cash for me to go Brayshaw up to someone else. With these teams that are going the risky mid-prices, do you think they're almost smarter to leave 100k in the bank just in case? So there's... Yeah, you know, that wide swing for up and down. Yeah, you'd want to have a hundred in the bank because you probably you're not getting all of them right. We know that, and the ones that you get wrong before they start bleeding you a little bit of dollar or killing you on the overall points, you might want to have a, a little kitty sitting there just saying, okay, just in case I'm going to move one of them on and I'm going to be able to grab, I don't know, someone that might start the season well who you might have missed, someone like a Hugh Greenwood that I think everyone's gone cold on because of uh, the second Marsh game. But you know what? If you started a Brayshaw, he's not going too well. You've got 60 in the bank or 80 in the bank, whatever it is. You might be able to flip to a Hugh Greenwood a couple rounds in. That's That was my second plan, actually. It was probably either Hugh Greenwood or Brayshaw. Even, yeah. you know, shoots the bed and he's averaging 70 after the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I, f- I freaking love Hugh Greenwood now. Mm. on the reduced game time kind of thing. He's just one of those players that I think is very impactful too. Uh, anyone up forward that you're looking at? How do you feel about the forward rookies before we go? Say, chuck another name up. Yeah, so obviously I said before that I want Buderick sitting in there. I'm very comfortable with Taylor providing his names. I, I don't think Georgiati's ranking and King, King are going to be big money makers. So I want to have as few of those as po- where possible. But I think the reality is is that we're certainly running ranking and king, and for those in a bit of desperate times, might also be running Georgiades. George. I think in my situation, if ranking's not named round one, and I think he will be, um, you know, Bruderick just goes to the forward line, and then when ranking's ready, I might be able to, you know, piss Georgiades off after a one price rise and then get ranking in, and maybe it pockets me, I don't know, 30, 40 grand, but. You know, I've kind of got ranking in. I've pissed off Georgiati, so I don't think it's going to do too well. And, you know, it might just help out somewhere down the line. What about Aiden Botter with the time on ground, you know, kind of impacting? He could be all right when it comes to, you know, spending a little bit of time through the midfield and maybe some inflated points. It might help him, the, the reduced minutes. What did I tell you about Aiden Bonner in the pre-season, Corey? Uh, As in a reason why I, I was, wasn't going to select him. Never thinking about him? No. Well, I'd, I'd wish you paid more attention to me. All pre-season, North said he can't run out games of football. Yeah, but now we've got reduced games of football. It, that's my point. Okay. Maybe he can now. Okay, okay, cool. I thought you This is my point. No, I'm saying that my opinion's starting to change. Yeah. Because maybe all of a sudden he can not He can run out games of football because games have been reduced by 20%. Yeah. Be interesting one of his name because I'm gonna want to have a serious look at him if he does get named. I'll have a look at him too. There's no guarantee I'll start him, 
but I will have a look at him because of that. The knock all preseason I kept hearing, and it's why I refused to pick him. It's why I refused to have him in my team at any point. That's why I kept telling you, no, Corey, fuck him off. Um, his inability to run out games. Can he just do, wasn't fit enough. Can you do something absolutely fucking insane and go no Grundy, no Gorn? No. You have to have one of them? Yep. Okay. I think they're both going to be in the top eight averaging players on the season, without doubt. The both of them. So running the year with, with zero out of the, you know, none of them is is far too great of a risk. Oh man, I actually want Gorn so bad. <laughs> heck, heck, I'll tell you now. You want a point of difference. Everyone is cutting Gorn. Anyone out there wants a point of difference? Start Gorn over Grundy. Or start them both. Or start them both. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting because imagine all these mid prices fail. And Gorn and Grundy is the way to go. History suggests that mid-prices fail more often than they don't. You know what the difference is this time around? We're classifying mid-prices like, you know, we're we're classifying the following players as mid-prices. Doherty, top six. Robertson, just too good value to pass up. And Devin Smith, top six. When you take them out of your mid-price kind of calculation and just say, no, I'm paying for a premium – how many do you actually have? Because yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, Nick Nat's one, Brayshaw's two, and that's it. Yeah, and me, it's Nick Nat and Segler, and they kind of help each other out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Nick Nat. Well, it's, it's actually how I justified myself to Brett prior to show. I gave Brett a bit of a phone call. Hey, actually, the listeners might. Do you actually know what he's doing tonight? He's got a birthday. Yeah. Do you know who? Yes. Yeah, the missus. Yeah. And so uh, Jerry Meyer says hello. And, uh, yeah, and for those that aren't familiar with the joke, Jerry Meyer sings a song called Birthday Sex. So cheers to you, brother. <laughs> you know that song? I refresh my memory. Um, no, well, yeah, probably just, just talk for a moment, Corey, and I'll get it up on YouTube. Give us a second. Uh, I was hoping you were going to sing it, mate. That would have been uh, a little bit better. No chance. Hey, you know what? You know what's really exciting. I know you're having a look, but you know we get to go come back to vice captain and captain now, and all yeah. that kind of shit again. There's only one option for for people there this week. I mean, VC, honestly, whoever the fuck you want tomorrow night, because it won't make a difference. Do Dusty if you think he'll smash Carlton. Do Crips if you think he'll come out and have a big one. Whatever the fuck it is, don't even bother. Actually, you know what? I'd encourage you not to even VC tomorrow night. You know why, Corey? Grandy. Well, yeah, well, exactly that. Because if Crips comes out and scores 134, you're thinking, fucking beauty, I'm going to take that. And then Grundy will come out and just, you know, just send you fucking shockwaves through your system. Grundy's last three games against the Dogs, Corey, 160, 174, and 152. I'll tell you this, just VC Grundy. Because if you VC Crips and then you take that score, you'll be fucking kicking yourself. And if Grundy fails, what's he going to score, 115? You may even contemplate taking that as your VC score. Just VC Grundy and then play it by ear uh, after that. My only problem is uh, I can't VC Grundy because... Darcy Cameron's going to be my only donut. And I'll tell you what the bizarre thing is. I'm not even sure if I'm running the donut um, to start the year. Because we've got price changes after one week. We're going to have carnage at some point. I'm just fucking loading up on playing players. I don't know about you. I'm not expecting to have a uh, a donut or a non-playing player. In the event that you do and you can do Grundy, fantastic. Otherwise, Captain Grundy. Yeah, no, don't know. Here we go. And how's this one here for, uh, for Brett? Here we go. You ready? Oh, fuck, sorry. I forgot to get rid of that, mate. Uh, fucking, we need to get YouTube premium around here, but it's about 27 bucks a month, so 
Oh, and they've hit me up with a double ad. Oh, I'm absolutely filthy about this. Sorry, lads. I know you probably got better things to do than to listen to this. See if you remember this song, Corey. Here we go. Ringing any bells, mate? Oh, I might have to get to the chorus. Oh. This has probably been a little bit failed, huh? Where's it go? Here we go. So that's for you, Brenna. That's you, mate. You enjoy your night tonight. How's that? You never heard that song, Corey? Oh, not, not a big fan. Like, not, not a, a big R&B fan, are you? Yeah. I was a huge R&B fan, sort of, you know, early 20s. It's probably all I listened to, mate, and... I'll tell you now that the birthday sex, I've got a bit of a workout on the old fucking playlist. I'll let you know that, Mike. Oh, very good. Well, once a year? <laughs> Sorry? Once a year that would come up on the, the playlist? Well, there'd be two of us in the household. Ah, there you uh, go. It'd sort of pop up. The joke would come out at least twice a year, that's Give for it sure. the double run, did you? Yeah, well, Jesus, I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. Yeah. It is what it is, mate. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, very good. Um... All right, well, let's go with some questions that we had today. Now, a couple of these might be a little bit obsolete now because, uh, well, we've had press conferences and everything, but we'll start anyway. Uh, the Hoff, with the probable large changes to fixtures, does durability become most important? Does that make Whitfield a still, a still a good pick? I think when it comes to durability, it matters less now that we've got a 17-game season because players will have layoffs and, you know, generally players with, you know, that do hammies and all the rest of it, it's probably come after a period of, of time of, you know, increased workloads and all the rest of it. And the bands that are likely to be put in place by the AFL, I think will actually help mitigate some of the soft tissue injuries that we're seeing. Yeah, and I agree with that too. Like, lucky with you, man. I, like, I had Dusty as my number one. If we were redoing that now, that completely changes. Mm. I think Whitfield is a shoe-in for number one now. I always thought he was a shoo-in. I mean, you probably bought into the dusty no-drinking policy, I would have thought. <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing? Then he's given up the booze. Have you not known that? Are you fucking joking? No, he's given up booze. Trading him. Dusty? I didn't know that. So you reckon he's better on the sauce? Oh, 100%. Dusty <laughs> fucking Martin. Same as Dane Swan. Oh, I hear that. Is he hanging oh, out with Swanee still? Oh, I imagine he didn't give up the gear, so he probably is, Corey. Yeah, no, those beers are all right, so that's okay. <laughs> Uh, Benny Rothberg, uh, with a 17-game season, do we stick fat with our uh, primos and rookies, or are you going to want to score as high as you can, as early as you can? They expect the virus to get worse before it gets better. The virus to get... Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it will get worse, um, you know, as... Sorry, before it gets better. I'm actually um, working on a cure in here to see what I can find to yeah. save what the AFL doing? season. How many different types of alcohol are you pouring into a needle? Yeah, there's a lot. So we yeah. tried tonight. We tried to mix um, mix a little bit of Bundaberg with milk to see how that <laughs> went. Uh, hey, on a side note, just while we're on the topic of alcohol, I know I'm meant to be answering this question, but you know, shits. You know, all the shops are gone to shit. While well, all the supermarkets have anyway, you can't get your hands on anything. If you don't have booze yet, you might want to get a couple extra bottles. I reckon because you know what I've heard, Corey. What? People are starting to make their own hand sanitizer by buying booze because they can't find it in the shops. And so people have gone crazy because they can't find sanitizer and they need to 
you know, clean themselves. So they've started purchasing alcohol to try and distill their own. Oh, it'd have to be like just straight alcohol, though. It could be something like fucking gin or something. Well, they've got to brew it in a way that gets it up to 70% because your gins and that, what are they, 40 yeah, or so? Yeah. Anyway, um, what was his question? Uh, who did I read out? Oh, Benny. Uh, oh, do we yeah. stick fat with primos and rookies or do we need to go as high as possible with mid prices? Yeah, no, I think you have a balance. You know, I think you still want to have, you know, majority premiums, but you want to be balanced out by, uh, you know, a couple of those um, mid-priced guys. So, you know, for instance, I consider, like I just said, Doherty and Devin Smith to be top of their position. And then so I think in and around them, you probably don't want any more than two more. And I wouldn't classify Dylan Robertson as one of them. All right. So we've got two here that are basically the same question. So I'll read out both questions and then you can go to answer. So uh, Coronas, with the shorter quarters, should we look at Nick Nat over Gorn and use the cash to go up elsewhere? What are the impact players that are now more relevant with shorter quarters? And then Payne O2O arcs, rules have gone out the window. Do you believe we should be taking more risks? Who do we believe are the best risk for reward players? I've currently cut Gorn and running Naismith and Segler. Naismith was already didn't talk too much. Um, with Cameron as the DPP swing. Do you think we need more DPP swinger options in our team? Freaking out off the slam a slab of Corona. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I think we've spoken at length around, I think, what impact we feel the rule changes um, are going to make on players. We won't get into that again. Um, and when it comes to... What was the second part of that question? Sorry, mate. Uh, going to Naismith? Or should we have more DPP players? Um, yeah, in terms of DPP players, um, I would like to have as much flexibility as possible. So, you know, where possible in the midfield, I'd love to have a mid-forward kind of sitting in there. you have to this year. A mid-forward, if, if yeah. They allow, if they allow it from round one, I think you seriously have to have a mid-forward in there. Yep. There's no defender mids that are sort of coming to mind, so we probably have to, you know, get rid of that. And if possible, Bailey Williams um, as well, if his name needs to feature probably in your back line as opposed to your ruck. Um, when it comes to ruck forwards, um, obviously if you're running Segler, you want to have Cameron or Cherry kind of sitting there. Um, so you probably don't want to spend up on your Naismith or your other one because, you know, you've got Segler that makes it kind of interchangeable. Cameron also gives you a loophole option. Um, yeah, no, very good. And when I say make sure you've got one this year, make sure it's a playing mid-forward yeah, too, by yeah. the way. Don't just go select a mid-forward and say mm-hmm. that I told you to. Uh, Millsy, is, is T Green a must-have? Yep. Tommy Green and I, yeah, strongly. Um, all right, here's a bit of a game. Who are your five must-have rookies? Um, I think Buderick is probably the most underspoken about guy. It's him. It's uh, Brett Zerk Thatcher, whatever he's well, Brad Zerk Zerk. Isn't it Brandon? Like, Brand- yeah, whatever Brandon it is. Zirk yeah, Brandon. Yeah, bzzz. <laughs> might just hold it for him. Bzzz. So I'm going bzzz, Buderick, Pickett, Tom Green, and Rao. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually Rao, Green, Pickett, Taylor. I think Curtis Taylor is an absolute gun. Yep. Um, and yeah, bzzz is going to get plenty of it down there um, with us because they don't know how to use a freaking football. Um, who's your most important mid-price player? Devin Smith. Because, yeah, yeah I mean, Same. 330k, uh, top six forward. Yep. Who do you reckon is the most vital primo? Would you say Grandy McRae? Um, I don't know if there is one. Um Because if you're running one premium ruck, you know, you could say Grundy, but then if you run Gorn, is it that much difference? 
And if you're looking at Vital Primo, well, if you've got McRae but you've decided Lockie Neal over McRae, is it that much difference either? I don't know if, if there's actually that much, to be honest. So in saying that, I think I'm going to have to go with um, Lockie Whitfield because I think he just, he just creates too much of a gap between the first best forward and the second best forward not to warrant his selection in your team. Yeah, and it's like if you go on Lockie Whitfield versus Brayshaw head-to-head weekly... Like, or yeah. even you know, someone in another line. Like, I think Lockie Whitfield's. I think Lockie Whitfield's doing better than any defender out there too. Yeah, because and that's the reality. So people that have got their forward lines, everyone has one of Dusty or Whitfield guaranteed. So then you weigh up Whitfield versus your third best forward, and in most cases, a lot of people have Devon Smith. So it's Whitfield versus a Brayshaw, or Whitfield versus a Segler, or Whitfield versus a Hugh Greenwood, or something like that. No, you're 100% right. Um, going up from Jack Stephen, give us the top three of who would you pick. I don't know how high that's going, so cheers, Legends. That was Stephen 362. Um, yeah, it helps have a price um, bracket. Um, if he's going he might, mid-prices, I'm going. Yeah, if he's going mid-price, yeah. Matt, Smith, Segler, probably Brayshaw. The same three, yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Lynch, hot shame, wants to know. He's also got hashtag eat a dick. I don't like key forwards now. Especially like even with the reduced game time, even more. I, I don't think he can average 95. I think at best he's given you about 90, and it's not enough to warrant selection. Yeah. Uh, Frogger wants to know um, a big shout out to Frogger, who you were on today when he was telling us that he's not in the country. Yeah? Yeah, he was in um, Holland. No, not Holland. Um, Switzerland or something. Sweden. Yeah, yes, Switzerland. Yeah. Lives overseas, so a massive shout out to Frogger, who's one of our most active members. Hey, um, we, we did we on our Patreon for those that haven't signed up. You probably should know by now how to sign up. But we were just chatting to some community members before, Rothberg included. He's a bit of a cockhead, that bloke. Um, and uh, and old mate Frogger, and hey, it was ten thirty a.m. where he was. I, I, I know. Was, I said to him, I go, what is it? Four a.m. over there? He goes, no, nah, it's ten thirty. And then uh, you know the, what I'd appre- you know what I'd appreciate. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. obviously he's, he's over in those sort of countries. You know what I'd appreciate, though, when these blokes jump on the Patreon? You know, like, just a common courtesy, like, I, thanks for the chat, boys. Um, I might just head off, but they just fucking disappear. <laughs> like, they just leave and they don't come back. They don't fucking say why. Ah, paying they for a service, mate. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, well, just a common <laughs> courtesy. I wouldn't, wouldn't go astray. Yeah, that's all right. Um, did I read out his question? No. You did. No, I, no, no. no prefer to target du- uh, uh, more durable play, target more durable players that cope better with a compressed schedule, like Gaff, um, or the higher point per minute players. With questionable durability, the yeah. assumption everyone could cop a game rest of rotation depends on number of starting trades. To be honest, which because obviously it was beforehand. Um, now that we know what how many trades we've got, it's, you can take that risk, can't you? I am such a huge Andrew Gaff fan. And look, this is what I was saying to Frog. We had a little chat about Andrew Gaff actually tonight. And look, I pretty much just said to him, Corey, I'm not sure if you were there. I said, look, you know, I love the Andrew Gaff pick. You know, we know he's just going to play every game. We know he's just going to churn out touches and all the rest of it. But when you compare Gaff's name, and most people are starting five midfielders, let's face it. When you compare Gaff's name to the, you know, the super coach names of Cripps and Tom Mitchell and Dangerfield and Kelly and Neil and McRae, it's like, how, how can you rationalise starting him over them? Mm. Like that, that was my thing. I'm not saying he's a bad pick. 
I'm just saying that there's probably at least five other guys that I'd be more comfortable starting. Yeah. Guys that you think that will have more of an upside of top six rather than just top ten. That's right, yeah. Because that's what Gaff is. Gaff's your, your round out, your midfield, mid number eight kind of player, isn't he? Yeah. Um, whereas have that patch of like 120s, you know, yeah. for like a five or six game span yeah. the whole year. Whereas your McRae, your Kelly, your Neil, your Cripps, Titch, Danger, these kinds of players, that you know, all of them, they're in contention to be, you know, top three players on the year. And so when we're starting a year from scratch, we want to have the guys that are going to be in, in the really the top echelon there to carry us the whole year, give us viable captain options, as opposed to a bloke that's going to be, you know, consistent kind of 110s and will just be a nice round out to our midfield. Yeah, and he's that safe pick at the back end of the year that I always like, you know, that one that is safely going to be the one in the finals that just gets it done for you. Um, Coronas. Hey, Bombs, mate. Now we can't go to round two and you can't leave the country. Beers at mine and watch the footy. Your mate does. That fucking does, Corey. <laughs> I won't be fucking caught dead. I'd rather... I'd, I'd Honestly, I'd take a direct flight to fucking Wuhan naked <laughs> and get coughed on by fucking 47 fucking naked people over there that not only caught coronavirus once but seven times, uh, then have that have go anywhere near that fucking prick of a person <laughs> and down a couple of beers. I mean, does he fair think and think I'm giving out my address? He can get fucked. I'll see you in Wuhan, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Why did you have to be naked? <laughs> well, I just figured there was a better chance of fucking bacterial transfer if we're all naked, Corey. Jeez. And there might have been there might have been a chance that I could have outdone Brett for one night too. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's wins again. Um, and Eli five oh five oh. Are there any new players who have been dropped in that we should consider from the supplementary list? No, fuck no. I tell you, these guys that didn't even know they were playing football, um, they thought they were playing in state leagues. If there is a team out there. And I know Carlton did it last year, but they did it way back in early January when they got uh, Michael Gibbons. If there's a team out there that selects a player that makes their fucking best 22 than this this weekend, then they are a fucking embarrassment of a football club. I reckon Essendon could name a couple. <laughs> they um they brought someone in, wasn't? Didn't they bring in a ruckman? Yep. Hundred and two thousand dollar ruckman, I believe. I'll grab his name for you. Give us a sec. Oh, yeah, how good is he going to be? Crawford, Henry Crawford, or something how like that. How good is he going to be when that siren goes? Oh, what about three thirty on fucking Saturday, and the Bombers yeah. have no crowd they're playing in front of, and they've just been done by Freo by about thirty-two points. I'll tell you now. Um, you know, it just won't be a pretty sight on social media. I would have thought, and if it goes the other way. It probably won't be a pretty sight for you on social media. I'll tell you what, if everyone is not coming for me after fucking Essendon, if Essendon somehow managed to pull off a win... This season? Then they're fucking on spot. Did you hear about the bet I made with the Essendon event? No, I didn't. No, I wasn't. No, I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably take a couple of them out of Patreon. If there's anyone in Patreon that's an Essendon supporter, let me know. Um, that if they somehow made the top eight this year, yeah. I would uh, line up and... You know, they can all buy a carton of eggs each. I'll put an Essendon jumper on. <laughs> I'll stand... Uh, I'll have a ping. Yeah. Well, give me... I'll give you eight metres. You can have eight metres. How far is eight metres? Yeah, it's... I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably take ten gourds. Uh, we'll take the eight because they've made the top eight. Uh, <laughs> and they can just absolutely pile eggs at how about How about you take the position they fall on the ladder? So no. if they come second, two metres. Two metres. If they somehow finish first... <laughs> 
one meter. Okay, if they finish first, <laughs> I'll do it naked as well. <laughs> I think I'm going first in this season. <laughs> Mate, they're not getting anywhere near the eight. They're a basket oh, case. Oh, that's it. But yeah, that oh, was a, yeah, a little bit of fun for the community and for the Essendon Nuffies. They've got to get so excited about something this year, don't they? Uh, that's it for questions. What else do we do? What do we do normally in a pre-season? In a season? Uh, I mean, tomorrow we'll have a live podcast, you know, where teams are dropped and all the rest of it. Uh, unfortunately, given that it's probably the only live podcast during the year on a Thursday night with team drops that I don't do just because Carlton are lining up for the game and I've got some uh, got some plans around that. So I won't feature, but, you know, the admin boys, uh, don't know if you're part of it tomorrow, Corey. I'll be in for a little bit. I've also, round one, the- always do a catch-up every single year, so that'll be happening again. But, yeah. um, I think uh, Zito, who did very well in the overall last year, Joel, yeah. the, the bloke who puts together a lot of the uh, content, you know, a lot of the spreadsheets that kind of come about, the serial pest will probably even feature tomorrow, who knows. So there'll be a few guys floating around anyway to uh, put out yeah. a live podcast on Team Drops tomorrow. Two boys that were top 100, so I'll make sure Zito was one of them and Jesse was the other one, so I'll make sure he's in there too. Cool. Um, yeah, and we'll be there. And, now, I'm not too sure of the Patreon League's field yet, but the Dibby 4, I think we might have a couple spots in there. So, if you jump into Patreon and sign up by tomorrow, you might even get into our Dibby 4. I can't guarantee that, because I don't organise the leagues, but I think there is, there's like one or two spaces in there as well. Um, but all the other Dibbies are all filled, and excited. You in the leagues yet, Bombs? Uh, yeah, I'm in the uh, Divi 2 leagues. Anyone's in the Divi 2 league, I'll be in there. Can't start be paying any attention to it, so you can get fucked. Um, they I'm will sure, let us know every week I'm, who's playing. I'm sure I'll be. I'm sure I'll be let known. Uh, you know where I'm at and all the rest of it. In it. But um, yeah, there's obviously a few money leagues flying around, a few drafts. How many cash did you? Um, I mean three. I think I, I I dropped it down this year due to um, an unpopular, due to you know being forced to pay extra in another league um, due to the vote that went on. So. I'm having a look here. Now I'm in um, four. I've got four cashies, and I pulled out of another one. I've got actually league spots here, but I just thought, no, nah, fucking really committed enough money this year. Just thought I'd give it a break. I'm in eight normal ones. I would have been in ten, but I had to do two legs for the Patreon. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got um, the, uh, and yeah. two and two cash leagues for uh, keeper leagues too. Yeah, keep it. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, uh, me too. I've drafted. That's what I'm looking forward to. I think I I'm paying a lot more attention to draft this year than I am the classic game. I am primed in draft this year. Well, it was good news that Pendles was cleared. Otherwise, you might be in a bit Mate, of I, I don't know if There was a league I didn't have him in one of the other caches. I didn't have him. And as yeah. soon as the news came out he was going to hospital, yeah. I went and yeah. uh, secured a trade of Jordan Dawson to a good mate yeah. of mine. Uh, good old Joy. I'll give him a shout out. Um, who is in kind of the rebuild phase in this league, so I've gone and given him Jordan Dawson and picked up Pendles, and then we got the all clear, so I was pretty happy about that. Did the trade go through? Trade went through. Oh, it helps that Jordy's the commission, so it was nice and easy to get through nice and quick. That is fucked. Can I just say that? I, um, I did see you guys tag each other on Facebook, and I think I dropped uh, a bit of a laughing react, because yeah. I, think, I think the moment you told me about it... Um, for whatever reason, went on Facebook like 20 minutes later and seen you guys just sort of tagging. And then I see uh, Geordie just sort of write back with something like, you might want to up your offer. <laughs> and uh, when I saw that, I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. He's cleared of corona. Geordie's playing it smart here. But he's fucking, he still accepted it. Well, then, because the news came out that he wasn't cleared. 
Oh. That was the backwards and forwards bullshit that we were dealing with. Oh, my God. He should have just held on for a period. Then he nah, oh, well. nah, he's a good guy. We... It is what it is, mate. That's it. it. Is oh, um, it is. Are we done there? I think we're done, mate. Oh, man, I'm so excited. It's good to be excited about Supercoach again. I feel good. Like, yeah. you can probably hear the, the change in our tone, like, from a couple of days ago. We were just flat as fuck. Like, yeah, we were just so flat. Pretty much, um, like fucking no idea what's happening. That we just wasting entire preseason, hours and hours on the podcast, fucking hours and hours talking about it. But I think we're getting somewhere now, and I'm fucking yeah. g'd up for it all. Nah, me too. Super excited. Um, well, all right, community. This is the last time for all our non-Patreon members that you'll hear our voice before round one. So look, best of luck. Hope you get your seasons off to a flyer. Um, except anyone who has Petrarca, you're a dickhead. Um, that's a joke. Super coach insider, eat a dick. Um, on behalf of Bumps, not Brett because he's a dickhead as well. Uh, myself uh, and our Patreons. Oh, here we go. Before you sign off, no, because I did have a chat with Brett before we just came on. Can I tell you, he's got Matt Real. Yeah, I know. I know. He's a dickhead. He oh. can get fucked. I hate him. I just thought the community might want to know that. And he's got Dev Smith. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if he's got Doherty. I've got a, we, we said we're going to text later tonight. So. Um, yeah, anyway, I just thought, no, I thought it was important because people might want to know, did Britta end up getting Matt Rowe? Yeah. But as far as we know, he's definitely starting. Yeah, he showed me the other day when now we randomly bumped into each other. <laughs> did he have Dockers at that stage? Hey, did I tell you, just, I mean, the community might as well hear this as well, um, that we were with Matt Kennedy the other night. Yeah, you did. You told yeah. me you bumped in. You reckon he's had a big preseason, all the rest of it. And, mate, he can get fucked. I mean, he's not a footballer. The fact that... You know, Carlton people thought he was good last year. Is probably a reflection of where the fuck the club was at. To be honest. Oh, he was looking pretty good. Well, he's not a bad looking rooster. Uh, Brett had no idea it was Matt Kennedy all the way. And also, Brett's got no fucking idea about who he is after time for you. <laughs> He's uh, starts talking to me about the LA Rams because he had a Rams hat on. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you're an LA Rams fan? Oh, Corey's an LA Rams fan too." Well, you know who the fuck that is, mate. Yeah. yeah. But all right. Uh, peace out, community. On behalf of Bombs, myself, uh, and our patrons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. Uh, peace out. Thanks for listening. Good luck.